is Paul Johnson. I'm honored to be with you. If you take your program inside, you'll see in a couple weeks we're starting our fall service schedule with an 8.30, 9.30, and 10.45 service. I uh, hope that a lot of you will choose to come out for that 8.30 service. Uh, I think it's going to be a great experience for you. Then want to let you know that uh, with Aspen Grove, we have three sites. The, the designated lead pastor of uh, Woodridge, our sister church, uh, Zach Bush, will be out to speak this next week. I'll be at Woodridge for that week, so I know you'll love to get connected with Zach. And then uh, if you're new, make sure you uh, plan for October 1st and the uh, starting point. That will be just a great time, great experience. And also, please consider joining in a house group. I uh, want to give you just uh, a quick update on uh, the, uh, our finances. Uh, the $8,000 that we need to raise for the principal payment has become uh, 6.5. That's through budget cuts that we have. Next week, I'll have a report for you on how we did in August, but everything looks really good. For, so thank you so much for that. If you're not on board as a financial uh, contributor, I hope you will choose to be one. And if you are on board, I hope you could pray about increasing your financial gift to help with that need as we uh, pay our, start paying our principal payment uh, with the month of September. Well, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to dive into our uh, talk on resilience and the matter of being committed. And today, it's the matter of being committed to let Scripture form us. So let's pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we're grateful to be together. We're grateful for your love and your care, your presence in our life. We pray, Lord, that in this service, you would work in our lives to help us know and follow you more. Would you give us a bias for following you, a bias for taking action, a bias for believing what you say is true, even what you say about us? And then, Lord, we pray, too, for our community. We pray that more and more people in Delano and Rockford and throughout this area would come to know and follow you and that you would use the highlands to see that happen. And Lord, we pray too for our world and all the people that we're able to support that are serving you around the world, making a difference on your behalf. And now we invite you to do the miracle that only you can do. And that's take the scriptures that I read and the words that I speak and speak to each one of us through them. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. So the Barna organization, they're kind of like Gallup, they do surveys, and they did a survey on people to find out what would make people resilient in terms of their faith. And we're looking for four weeks at different things that people were committed to that would make them resilient. The idea of being resilient is that you have the strength to keep going and that you persevere even when times are hard or difficult, or, or even when you just get in the blast, even when things are just flowing along, that you have the energy to keep going 
in the midst of those. And the one we want to look at today is the matter of being committed to letting Scripture form you. Now, I just want to tell you right at the start, something's forming you today. So something's going to be in your life that will change you, that will change the way you think, the way you feel, the way you act, and the way you operate. And I will tell you this too, that if you let Scripture form you, if you really let that happen, it's not easy to let Scripture form you. It's kind of rough a little bit to let Scripture form you. But it's absolutely worth it. I was thinking a perfect illustration of that relates to our state fair. Now, I read this morning, and if you want, just email me at my email at the Highlands, and I'll forward this to you. But it's the, uh, in ranked order, the eight best pickled foods that you can eat at the state fair. And number two is a pickle lemonade. I don't know why I would want to drink that, but they said, this reviewer said it was the second pass. Now, one of the traditions at our state fair that is just an amazing tradition is there is Princess K of the Milky Way. And if you are part of the Princess K program and uh, you're the you're the princess or you're part of her court, you have the honor of having your image uh, carved in a 90-pound block of butter. Just take a look at some of these. Uh, here you see a carving going on. Isn't that, that's just a great picture. Watch this, go to the next one. Oh, I love that one. Um, I, I, I go, oh, and look at that. Look at how exact they were able to get it. And, you know, um, it's great if you're carved in butter. I mean, it, it, it probably would be a real honor. I, I saw one uh, farm family in Minnesota, and three of his daughters had either been in the court or been uh, two of them had been Princess K of the Milky Way, and they kind of got a whole new freezer to keep these 90-pound uh, blocks uh, to keep them in good shape. Because you know what I discovered last night? is just a little heat on butter, and this is what happens to your sculpture. It just melts away. You know, so for my life, a life that's going to last for all of eternity, I, I, I don't want it carved out of butter. I want it carved out of marble. Now watch this video as someone's carving in uh, marble. And there you can see the sculpture, and he's coming along, and he's checking it out. And then it's a power tool that is making changes on that. It's much more forceful. See, if, if all you're going to do is last for a few years and be gone, then be butter. And let the heat just dissipate you away. But... God intends you for all of eternity. So he needs something that will form you and form you forcefully. So here's what I want to tell you today, and I'll show it to you from Scripture. Let Scripture, let the Bible rough you up and change you. Let the Bible do soul work. Here's why I say that. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for four things, teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
What, what that's saying is you will be formed by Scripture when you give Scripture authority in your life because of Jesus and you obey first. I like to say that I want in my life a bias to obey first, to obey first what Scripture says. Long ago, I settled the matter of the authority of Scripture in my life. Not only does the Bible say it's God-breathed, but uh, I settled it because I believe in Jesus. And here's basically how I came to that conclusion. Jesus came to this earth. He was an amazing teacher, an amazing leader, but he went to a Roman cross and died. And then he did what no one has ever, ever done. On the third day, he rose back up to life, but not just a normal physical life, a supernatural life that was absolutely amazing. And you know what that did? When I believed in Jesus' death on the cross and my sin, shame, and guilt was put to death, and I believed in Jesus' resurrection and trusted him with my life, because he rose from the dead, he is the Lord. And as the Lord, every claim he makes, you can count on to be true. And one of the claims that Jesus makes is that the Bible, Scripture, is God's word. So because of Jesus, the Bible, Scripture, has authority in my life. Now, what does that mean then? Well, I let Scripture do what it says it will do, and that's that it will teach us, and that it will rebuke us, and it will correct us, and it will train us. Now, we all are used to teaching. This is kind of a teaching time that we're doing right now, content and truth. We go to different training classes, uh, uh, leaders for our fall ministry and children's ministry. We're just getting trained. But you know something I've noticed? A lot of times I'll have people that go to teaching and then go to training and then I will talk to them about whether they can actually do something and they'll look at me like, no, I can talk about, about it. I can tell you about it, but you, you actually want me to do it, right? You know what I mean? And, and so what scripture does is not just teach us and train us, but it rebukes and it corrects us. And rebuking and correcting are really, Scripture coaches us. It takes us to the point that we can actually put things in practice. And one of the th key things that Scripture does is correct. And correct is just going, you're going in the wrong way. And also, with correcting is rebuking. And rebuking is just sort of stop. Stop and look what's going on in your life. Stop and see you're not going in the right way. Now, I had a classic lesson of that when I did, for a period of time, uh, short-distance triathlons. And short-distance triathlons are a three-quarter mile to a mile swim uh, a uh, 20 to 25 mile bike, and then uh, uh, a five or 10K run after that. And I love cycling. I'm not a very good swimmer, in fact, a terrible swimmer, and I can run, but I can't run fast. And 
I was training for the Aquatennial Triathlon down at Na Lake Nokomis. And I got in my heat. They send people out in heats. And you run out in the water, you know, and then you dive forward and then you start to swim. And I'm swimming and I'm turning and I'm breathing. And I am such a slow swimmer that people are crawling over the top of me and kicking at my hands and my head as I'm swimming. And I'm just going, this, this is going to be a tough time. I'm already exhausted. And then I hit this just clean, clear water. And I'm just going. I'm just stroking away. It couldn't. I'm going, wow, this is much better than I thought it would be. I'm just smooth as could be. And when I would turn to get air, I would hear something. It would be... And I would just keep going. I'm going, I'm going, and finally, like a turtle, I popped my head up, and I had turned back towards shore, and I was about 10 yards from shore instead about 200 yards out in the water. Boy, I'm glad they rebuked me and corrected me and sent me on, my, uh, on the right course. I finished that triathlon. I always like to say I did triathlons to make other people feel good because I would build up the bottom base so everyone would look and go, hey, I did pretty good. I, I finished in the top 80%, thanks to me. <laughs> thanks to me. Thanks to someone slow. Do you allow the Bible, do you have a bias with the Bible to let it correct you and rebuke you so that you will be formed by Scripture? Do you let scripture play the role of correcting your life? Now look at the result. In verse 17, it says about the result of this, when you forcefully let scripture form you into living the way of Jesus, you will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, you'll just know how to do it. Isn't that encouraging? To think that if you had a bias for obeying the Bible, if you had a bias for letting the Bible coach you and correct you and rebuke you, that you would end up where you're thoroughly equipped. I had a friend who uh, every year with eight of his buddies does a, a golf tournament, just the eight of them. And they vary it from different courses. And I, I was asking, how did it go? He said, well, I won this year. And I said, well, did you win by a lot? He said, no. He said, it was super exciting. It was uh, on the 18th, on the second day, I, I was even with the guy, and uh, we, both were, uh, we both did our, our drive. We did our second shot. Neither of us got it on the green. The other guy came up. And I could tell he was a little nervous about it. And he, he did his chip and it flew up and went to the other side of the green. And I went up and I got ready to do my chip. And, and he said, I, I talked to a, another golfer and he said, here's what you do. Just breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. And on the third time, do your stroke. <laughs> as you look at the ball, and the ball went up, hit the green, dribbled on up, and it was about six inches from the cup. An easy putt in. See, 
learning how to breathe, learning how to control his emotions in that setting, allowed him to be thoroughly equipped to win that golf match. Now, you know what? The Bible does something so much more. It equips you to be a great dad or a great mom. It equips you to be a, a great husband or a great wife, a great boyfriend or girlfriend. It, it equips you to be a good worker. It helps you to understand when you face sickness or illness or challenge or difficulty. It helps you end up uh, looking back on your life and seeing all kinds of good things you were able to do that made a difference in people's lives. But that only happens if you go, I'm going to be formed by Scripture and I'm going to give authority to Scripture so that I have a bias for putting into practice. Now, one last thing I want to tell you about that Scripture can do in your life is found in Hebrews 4, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. When you read scripture, the Holy Spirit makes it alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to divide soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know what that's saying? Only scripture can do soul work in your life. Well, we can chip away on the outside. We, we can in, in, improve our external image, but only the Bible can go in and penetrate and do that deep internal work that changes your attitude, that changes your thinking, that changes your emotion, that gives you a new perspective on life, that lets your life be dominated by the things of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, all of those amazing qualities. The Spirit works in to our heart and our mind, the very soulish nature of who we are through the Scripture. Only the Scripture can do that. And I've seen it happen again and again. Now, I've been with people, and you've been with them too, where they're hypocrites. They're facades. They, they might look good on the inside, but you know it doesn't work out on, uh, or look good on the outside, but they, it hasn't worked down into the inside of their life. They might be great in a public setting, and everyone thinks they're doing well, but not the same person at all in their work setting or at home or in their thought life. You know what the Bible can do? It can change you. It can change me. It, it can result in, in a powerful and impactful change in who you are. But you've got to allow the Bible to rough you up, to correct you, to rebuke you. You have to have a bias to obey the Bible. I have found often that I'll, I'll read a part of the Bible and just reading it, it breaks me. I feel undone by it. Because I see what God is saying could be true in my life. And I know that it's not true at that time. So to live, love, and look like Jesus, we need 
to let scripture rough us up, chip away, chip right down to the core, to let the scripture do soul work. So what I'm asking you to commit today is not to read the Bible, not even per se to study the Bible, though both of those are good things, but to say, when I read the Bible and study the Bible, what it says, I'm going to believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can actually obey. And I just want to close with one example from my own time with God. I have a morning set of things that I do for my time with God. And right now I'm reading through the book of Matthew. I'm committed to read a chapter a day. But when I got to the Sermon on the Mount sections, I was more like two or three verses a day because it hit me so hard. It was so impactful in how I saw my life. Listen to Matthew 6, 14 to 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, that, that can't mean um, the ultimate forgiveness of our sin. Because all through the New Testament, Jesus says that all our sin, shame, and guilt is put to death in Jesus' cross, and it's not dependent on us. So you know what Jesus is referring to there? Is relational forgiveness. In other words, what this is saying, if you're not right with other people, then you're not going to be right with God. If you're not right with other people, you're going to find a distance with God. And I, I, I read those verses and I just wanted to skip over them. And then it was, okay, what if I let those verses form me? What if, what if I obeyed those verses? And sure enough, the Holy Spirit put two people in my mind that I count as almost enemies. Two people that have really hurt me in the past. Two people that I don't know that I've ever prayed good for them in their life. Two people that if I had the chance, I would try to get even with. And the Spirit just said, as long as you hold a grudge against those people, as long as you don't care about those people, as, as long as you can't acknowledge that they can be forgiven too, you're not going to be right with the Father. So I prayed right there, just stopped at those verses, and I prayed, Lord, I forgive, and I name those people because of Jesus. And then about an hour later, in my mind, those people came back to mind. And they came back, to, and I still, I was like, oh, no, I, I haven't really forgiven them. And it was about eight or nine times over two days where I kept going, I forgive them, and I forgive them, and I forgive them, and I forgive them. Till finally I noticed, instead of wishing bad in their life or wishing I never had to see them again, I could wish God's best. And I thought, thank you for the Bible. 
Because only the Bible can do that kind of soul work. It can do it in me. It can do it in you. Choose today to be formed by Scripture. Will you stand up? I'm going to pray for us. Brian's going to send us off with one last song. Uh, and uh, I would encourage you, if you, don't, if you don't know where to start reading the Bible, I do a weekday, I call it soap, scripture, observation, application, prayer. Um, in the card that might be in your program or surely out back, you can go to this QR code and sign up for that. And then every day I send out two verses, one at 10 and one at 2 o'clock. And I encourage people to just pause for a minute, read that verse, and let the power of that one verse impact you for that time. Obviously, in house groups or BSF or all our great women's and men's studies, there's opportunity to come to Scripture. But right now, with me, pray that when we come to Scripture, we will come with a bias to be coached by it, a bias to obey. Let's pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we tell you now, we want to hear your word. We want to be trained by your word. We want to be taught by your word. But even more, we invite you to coach us by your word, to correct us and rebuke us, and to change us by your word, to get in our face, to rough us up, to change who we are from the inside out. Lord, let us be, that be the kind of church the Highlands is. Let that be the kind of youth group and children's ministry that we're about. Do it in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's join in worshiping together.